Amen. How many of you guys know, just a show of hands, how many know that the world can be a pretty dark place sometimes? The world can be a pretty dark place. It can be a place where sometimes it's really hard to find hope. Sometimes we find ourselves in these just completely, utterly hopeless situations, and we don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. We don't know where to go. And it seems like the world is just getting darker and darker. It seems like more and more people are dealing with anxiety and depression and maybe failed marriages or maybe we have these relationships that we're trying to get into and they just seem to not work and maybe you tried Jesus and it just doesn't work out for you and you don't know where to turn. But the thing about darkness is this, even the smallest speck of light will always cast out the darkest room, won't it? The smallest speck of light, parents, you understand this, right? I experienced this last night. How many of you parents, you walk through this situation every single night. You're putting your kids to bed, and all of a sudden they're asleep, and what do you do? You're tiptoeing out of the room, right? Because you don't want to disturb them, anything. And then the dreaded thing happens. You shut off the hall light. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And as soon as you shut off the hall light, you hear like these terrible screams coming from the bedroom, right? And why are they scared? They're scared because darkness has completely enveloped their room. And based on the movies that they've seen or the large imagination that they have, they think that monsters or something is going to come out, right? And so what do you do as a parent to save some sanity? You go down to Dollar Tree and you buy a dollar nightlight. And what do you do? You plug it into the room and all of a sudden light envelops this room and your child can finally sleep, right? It's crazy how the smallest amount of light will always cast out the darkness. It will always cast it out. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 1, the Bible starts off this way. It says this, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Now it says, now the earth was formless and empty. And I want you to watch this. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. So at this point in creating the world, darkness reigned supreme. And maybe some of you feel like that in your life right now. You feel like, man, I'm just in this dark, hopeless pit. Maybe some of you are asking the question to yourself, like, why am I even here? What is this going to do for me? But I love how it continues. It says, but the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And watch this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. See, these are the first recorded words out of God's mouth that we know of. That in the middle of darkest place, God simply did this. Let there be light. And there it was. So I want to say the same thing to you this morning. Some of you are saying this. I I feel like I'm in this dark place. I feel like I'm in this place where I'm searching, I'm looking for hope. I need some light. And God would say to you this morning, let there be light. It's crazy how the smallest speck of light can cast out the darkness. See, 4,000 years later, Jesus actually said this about himself. And in John chapter 12, Jesus, referring to himself, says this, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world. So that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So I want you to understand something. Jesus is here this morning and he's saying, whatever dark area you find yourself in this morning, I am the light. I am the hope. I am the joy. I am the peace that you've been searching for, longing for, and looking for. 
crazy thing is Jesus is actually motivated by the darkness. Do you know this? When you find yourself in the darkest place of your life, Jesus is actually motivated to shine a light on the dark areas of your life. I know this for a fact. Some of you have come in here this morning and you've said to yourself, I I feel hopeless. Some of us have believed the lie that we've gone too far, that we, we have these dark areas of our life and that there is nothing that God can do to save us because we're just so bad. But the truth is Jesus was motivated by the dark. And he said, you know what? I am the light of the world and whoever trusts in me, there will never be dark areas anymore. Have you ever wondered this? That Christmas, the most celebratory time, of the year is actually placed in the darkest season of the year, the winter solstice. The winter solstice is actually the darkest season of the year. Actually, December 21st is the darkest night in the shortest day, and it falls right before Christmas. Now, the people that actually put the calendar together were actually, it was actually the church, it was actually Christians, and they decided to place Christmas. I don't know if you know this. This may like blow your mind for a second, but Jesus was not actually born on December 25th. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> That's when we celebrate it. But the church actually decided, they said this, it's the darkest time of the year, and let's place Christmas in the darkest season of the year to remind us no matter how dark life gets, God sent a Savior. That no matter how dark your life gets, no matter what your season looks like right now, Christmas is there that God sent his one and only son to be a light in your life. So listen, you may find yourself, you you may say, well, Pastor Zach, I'm, I'm in that winter solstice right now. I find myself in a dark season. Maybe you just had a baby and life is a little crazy and it's a little hectic. I know a thing or two about that. I have six children. Some of you are like, what? I have a TV, okay? Um, I just love my wife a whole lot more. But here's the truth. Christmas comes at the darkest season of life to remind us that God is always there. That even the smallest speck of light will always cast out the darkness. And he came to be a shining light into your world. He came to restore your hope. He came to restore your emotions. He came to restore your marriage. He came to restore your broken relationships. That's why God sent his son. There's actually four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, Mark and John actually tell the Christmas story that we all know. They tell the story of the wise men and the shepherds and the angels and baby Jesus. (laughs) But actually... um, Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew and Luke tell those, but Mark and John actually start Jesus' story as an adult. And I didn't realize this until this week as I was preparing for this, but actually the Gospel of John actually goes way before Jesus was even an adult. And it says this in John 1.3. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So here's simply what's going on. Jesus, the Savior, the hope of humanity, was with God before Christmas ever even existed. He was there. And then the verse continues. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And the next two verses, I want you to get this. This is so important. If you get anything that I say this morning, remember this. The next two verses 
are the essence of the Christmas story. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love this because there is never, even in our physical reality, even in the world that we live in now, even if you're not a Christian, there is never a moment in history or time ever since Jesus said, let there be light, that the darkness will overcome the light. Never. The darkness can never win every single time you walk into a room. This is what I love about smartphones, right? It has saved me from tripping over the toilet so many nights, right? All of a sudden it's pitch black and you grab your phone and you just click it on and all of a sudden you're blinded and the light takes over the room. It envelops it. It takes it over. Ever since God said, let there be light, there has never been an instance in history that the darkness could overcome the light. And I know there's always a skeptic in the room, right? There's always a skeptic who says, well, Pastor, that doesn't sound like the Christmas story. Because we didn't read about the shepherds and the angels and the wise men and the star. But the truth is, what John is saying is really the essence, the significance of Christmas. Jesus came because we all have areas of darkness in our life. Jesus came because we all have areas in our life that we need a savior. How many of you, just show of hands, how many of you have ever said, man, I've really made a mess of my life? We all have instances in our life where we just say, man, I've I've really messed up here and I don't know what to do. I feel hopeless. I feel like I'm in a dark spot and I don't know where to turn. And the truth is we all experience darkness in different areas. Maybe it's in relationships. Maybe maybe you've battled with depression or anxiety. Did, Did you know this? The thing on the rise right now that people are taking more and more and more pain prescriptions or or different medications for depression and anxiety. Can, Can I tell you this? And I'm not against those things, but can I tell you this? Jesus is the solution. And look, I get it. There are times when you wake up and you don't feel like you have a purpose. There's times when you get out of bed and you say, what, what is this all for? Do I just get out of bed and brush my teeth and go to work and come home and watch some Netflix and do it all over again? Is that that the, the purpose of my life? But Jesus is saying, look, I see every dark corner of your life and I came to save you. I came to give you light. There's all different forms of darkness, but I'll tell you this, the worst form of darkness is spiritual darkness. What is spiritual darkness? Spiritual darkness is you being a human. You sinning just like everybody else, but having no savior to turn to. Spiritual darkness is this, you carrying the weight of your own life on your own shoulders. So that means whenever you have guilt, shame, it's on you. You carry it. You have to hold it. There's nobody to turn to. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. There's no hope. But the good news this morning is this, if you know Jesus... When you feel that shame, when you feel that guilt, when you feel that overwhelming anxiety and depression wanting to take over your life, you have a hope. There's a shining light in the darkness, and his name is Jesus. You know, there's a famous story actually in in John 
chapter 8. And even if you're not a Christian, you probably know this story because of one of the lines that Jesus says in it. But it's in John 8, 1 through 11. And it's the story of this woman who is caught in adultery. And, And these religious leaders, they decide, okay, we finally found this woman. The law says if she is an adulterer, the law says that she must be stoned. So they're thinking, finally, we have an opportunity where we can bring this woman to Jesus, and finally Jesus will condemn somebody. They're looking at it, they're trying to set him up, they're trying to trick him. And so they drag this woman out into the street, and as I would imagine it, this woman is, you know, barely clothed, people laughing, scoffing, mocking her. And they bring her into the middle of this circle. And as this crowd begins to form, all these religious leaders, you know, they're sticking their nose up and thinking they're great. And they look at Jesus and they say, Jesus, what are you going to do? And what does he do? He repeats this famous line. I love it. And he says, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. And immediately the religious leaders are like, oh, dang, they got us. Right? And so one by one, these stones begin to drop. They begin to fall. And as this woman is there by herself, and it's just her, and it's just Jesus, the crowd is gone. And Jesus bends down, and he says, woman, where are your accusers? And the woman takes a look around, and she says, there's no one left to accuse me. And then he says this, nor do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Now, here's the thing. I've preached that message a thousand times. And for some reason, I've always stopped at verse 11. I don't know why, and I've been reading the Bible for a long time, but I've just never read verse 12. I never considered the significance of verse 12, because usually at verse 11, we end and we say, yes, you know, Jesus didn't condemn her. He said, go and sin no more, and it's a great story. Watch what verse 12 says. Verse 12. So this is right after Jesus is kneeling down to this woman and this crowd is now starting to gather again. In verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Here's the significance of this passage. What is he actually saying? He's saying this. He's looking at the crowd and he's saying, do you see how I just handled that woman? For all of you in here that thought that I was going to condemn her, that I was going to start calling people out for what they were doing, here's what Jesus is saying. Do you realize how her eyes lit up when I showed her grace and mercy? What is he saying to the crowd? He's saying, did you see the darkness leave that woman when the light walked into the room? (laughs) That's what he's saying. He's trying to make an example to this crowd saying, listen, there is nothing. Nothing in your life that is too dark for Jesus. Absolutely nothing. Here's this woman who's caught in adultery, who the law says that she should be stoned. And Jesus says, I don't condemn her. All I want you to do is just let me in. See, the truth is, I have watched people for years hear the significance of the Christmas story and reject it. I've watched people for years sit in the audience and say, great story, great presentation, but not for me. 
And it's a number of reasons that we feel this way. We, we, we feel bitter. If we're just honest. Some of us claim to not believe, but I think the truth is we're just angry. <laughs> we're just bitter. We're frustrated at God. Whatever your reason, whatever your circumstance, whatever darkness that you're going through right now, there is nothing that the light can't conquer. See, the significance of Christmas here, I want you to understand this this morning. Can we get to a place where we're not just celebrating Christmas, but we're experiencing it? We're not here to celebrate Christmas. We're here to encounter Christmas, that God sent his one and only son, the light of the world, so that we could have salvation, so that we could have hope. See, Genesis 1-3 starts with this. As I ask the band to come back out, we're about to close. Genesis 1-3. Jesus says, let there be light. And there was light. The key word in this verse is one word, let. Let there be light. I looked up the word let in the Webster Dictionary. You know what it means? To permit to enter. Do you know what some of you guys need to expel the darkness from, of your, from your life this morning? Let Jesus enter. Jesus is saying, listen, if you let me in, I'll light up every dark corner in your life. Every hopeless thing that you have, every fear, every depression, every anxiety, everything that causes you to be beat down, I am the light of the world and I'm here to save you. I'm here to call you. Listen, some of us have been crushed under the weight of fear. We've been crushed under the, when we sit in here and say, you know what, I, this is great, but I'm just not going to make that decision. And I think it's a number of reasons that we don't. I think the primary reason is, to be honest with you, we're embarrassed. We've got to humble ourselves. But the thing that I love about humility all throughout the scriptures is every time a man, a woman was humbled, Jesus was with them. There was never a condemning word. It was simply, here I am, the light of the world, here to offer you 